0: Welcome to Ben Davis Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Davis, and I'm excited to have a conversation with you about one of my favorite things in the world, movies. Joining me this week is one of my best friends and fellow horror film fan, Adam Dick Dickens. How are you doing this evening, my man? What's up, Benji Davis? Here <laughs> Good morning. Having,
1: sitting here having a cold hot fly, L's for L, I-P-A, 8% with my boy.
0: nice nice i am currently enjoying a a voodoo ranger by new belgium sponsor me you sons of bitches (laughs) uh yes the delights of having a beer while doing a podcast is hard to beat can't beat it man of course of course so since this is your first time on the show and, and since i asked this to to all my new guests what's your favorite movie and why um.
1: Regardless of genre, I have to say, "A Few Good Men." Um, it's a movie that I probably can't even tell you the first time I watched it. It was probably on TV. Um, my dad introduced it to me. Um, it's a great film about some um, Marine Corps and um, law, and um, I just really connect with the movie. It's got very good dialogue. Um, it's got very good, intense courtroom scenes. Um, it stars Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. And um, not a huge Tom Cruise fan, but this is one of my favorite movies of all time. It's just a movie I can continue to, um, to put on, even though I know the outcome. And um, just enjoy watching it, man. Just enjoy hearing the, the dialogue that's going on.
0: Yeah man that's a that's honestly that's a great movie. I I, I love that movie a lot and it's kind of timely too cuz um speaking of uh Aaron Sorkin wrote that script and his movie um Trial of the Chicago 7 just hit Netflix. I actually wrote a review over on sifpop.com if you guys want to go over there and check it out. I adore that movie. He's really known for his quick wit and his uh quick writing style where everything just flows very seamlessly. He wrote um, the social network, which was one of the better films to come out of uh, between 2010 and now it's one of the best films to come out between now and then. Um, he also wrote, I think one of your favorite television series, the West wing. Yes, right? uh,
1: yeah. The West wing okay. Netflix. It was a late nineties, early two thousands um, drama that um, I don't know what movie station it came in came on but it is on netflix now Um, very good show about politics and um what goes on in the white house on a day-to-day basis it is uh it is family friendly so i think it's a good um it's a good thing to check out for for young audiences too regarding learning about politics and stuff like that so aaron sorkinson man his writing is just top notch anything he does i'm definitely checking out
0: yeah man it's it's really good um I don't know if you've seen it, but it's on Netflix, Molly's Game. Uh oh, no. he wrote and directed that. That was his directorial debut. Uh it's really really good. It kind of flew under the radar the year it came out. I think it came out in 2017. Yeah. I was, I
1: think. Just, I was just looking at
0: it. Molly's Game <clears throat> in 2017. Mhm. It's a it's a gambling movie. It's really really good. I see. I, I I see an
1: all-star cast lineup. I'm definitely have to check this out.
0: Oh yeah, man! It's got Jessica Chastain, Idris Elba, Michael Cera's in it. Yep, Kevin Costner. Yeah, Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man it's 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 a it's a really really good movie. Again, it flew under the radar. Not a lot of people saw it, but it was it was great. It was great. And Trial of the Chicago Seven. Um, that might be my favorite movie of the year. Um I'm a little biased uh onward really hit close to home for me. I love that movie. Uh, that movie has a has a has a special place in my heart. But if you push that aside um trial the trial of chicago 7 is a powerhouse. Great performances, great dialogue. I've never been so entertained by a courtroom movie like i carly and i watched it like twice in one sitting. like i watched it and then i was like i gotta watch this again and carly's like yeah i gotta i gotta watch we gotta watch this again i gotta i gotta pay more attention like this movie was all like because carly was doing work while we watched it the first time second time she's like all right i gotta actually like watch it watch it this time
1: yeah i'm looking i'm looking it up right now man there's got some freaking really good actors in this movie
0: Sasha Baron Cohen, Eddie Redmayne, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt—I uh, mean, uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen the Second—who, since Aquaman came out, I've been saying this guy is going to be a big deal. He played Black Manta in Aquaman, um, and I think me and Josh gave him the uh, when we did the podcast, we gave him the best performance in Aquaman. This guy's is, is legit. He is he is a big. He's already a big star. He's gonna be a bigger star. I I really really love that actor. So, nice. yeah, man. How check check yeah, it out.
1: for sure. I'm definitely gonna look at this. He's got some good ratings too.
0: Yeah, man it's 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 a it's a great movie. Um, but speaking, keeping on the 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 subject of movies, which is what this podcast is about in general, but. In honor of this month, and really in honor of the movie that kind of inspired this question, Scream. What's your favorite scary movie?
1: Um, oddly enough, it's actually going to be Scream. Um, this movie and this movie and I have a deep history, um, which we'll go into a little bit later. Um, not a movie that's like unsettling to watch. It's just fun to watch, and I think you'll agree with me on that. Um, it just never gets old, even though you know the outcome. It's just something you can continue to watch over and over again. Um,
0: I'm gonna stick with Scream. That's my favorite scary movie. Yeah, man, Scream is is great. Um, and that's a that's a great pick because there is like a difference between. Like, the most effective scary movie and the most, like, rewatchable horror movie, if that makes sense. Like, for me, the scariest horror films are The Exorcist um, and Hereditary, which you guys will be able to hear next week. We already pre-recorded it. I can't wait for you guys to hear that. I did that with uh, content creator Carrie McBride. She's awesome.
1: Um I'm looking forward to her hereditary podcast. That's gonna give me chills probably. Scary yeah. movie. Really scary movie.
0: That movie freaks me out because you know I believe in demonic possession and all that stuff. So I'm like I don't like to to mess with that kind of stuff, but so I don't I don't like to watch it often. And I can say that those movies, you know, Hereditary and the Exorcist are great movies too, because they're very well crafted they're very well made but if you're gonna ask me which one am i if you're gonna give me the option between watching hereditary the exorcist or scream i'm gonna pick scream every time because there's something about scream it's scary when you're watching it but it doesn't stay with you after the fact it's fun to watch especially with a group of people you know what i mean just hanging out with them and everything. It's there. There's so much fun to watch. Definitely. I agree. So that, that, that's a good pick. Yeah. And, and sticking with that scream is the movie we're actually talking about this week. And we're going to go ahead and dive into it. You know, this is one of the most influential horror films and certainly the horror film of the 1990s. Um, this movie is directed by Wes Craven. Um, And it stars David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Rose McGowan, Skeet Ulrich, Jamie Kennedy, Liv Schreiber, Henry Wrinkler, and, of course, Drew Barrymore. Uh, If you aren't familiar with Scream, the plot synopsis reads like such according to Google. Wes Craven reinvented and revitalized the slasher horror genre with the modern horror classic, which manages to be funny, clever, and scary as a fright-masked knife maniac stalks high school students in middle-class suburbia. Craven is happy to provide both tension and self-parody as the body count mounts, but the victims aren't always the ones you'd expect. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yep. <laughs> like I said, and kind of like we we've talked about already, this movie is one of the most influential horror films ever made. It's really the horror film of that decade, being the nineties. It really revitalized the the dying horror genre, and you know, a- after the slasher genre had really been done to death in the the eighties. I mean, my God, how many Freddie movies and how many Jason movies did we see? Like I was um, a, a surprise for you guys later. Um, I was doing some research on Nightmare on Elm Street, and they they I mean they milked that cow man from 1984 until 1994. They I mean, my God, the amount of sequels that came out. Same thing with Jason. Like, it, it had really been done to death to the point to where the audience was kind of, like, desensitized to all of the violence. It's almost like um, they were
1: cheering for Jason and Freddy halfway through yeah. the thing. It's almost like they just go to see see Freddy and Jason and just laugh at that point.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, it, you, you kind of do at that point. I remember watching it was uh, that Jason goes to Manhattan, and he, like... Fights for that guy on the rooftop and punches off his head. <laughs>
1: Jason goes to space, like, come on, man. Yeah.
0: Like, well, that came out after Scream. Jason Jason X came out in 2002. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it had the horror genre had, you know, the slasher horror genre, at least, had really been done to death. Um, This, you know, and th- this movie kind of revitalized that dying genre. You know, this movie went on to to great success. Like, what was, this movie came out in what, 96? 96, yeah. December 96. And what was the box office for this movie? Was it big? I I, I didn't, I've done the research on it, but I can't remember on the spot. I don't know
1: the numbers, but um, according to the documentary, um, the first few weeks did not do that well. And you got to think back in the nineties, there wasn't any social media. So it was all by word of mouth. And, um, after a few weeks, um, of it being in theaters and it, it got so much, um, so much hype by word of mouth that people went out and saw it. And it was during the holidays too. And that's something that they had to deal with when, um, when releasing this, this movie, because, Who wants to go see a horror film, especially back then, during the holidays? Um, Nowadays, it's more common, but back then, you know, you didn't release horror movies around Christmas time. No. But but after a few weeks, um, it broke box office records and actually never got beat until 2018 by Halloween. Really? Yep.
0: Wow. Like, in terms of, like slasher horror genre or or like overall because i know it was a huge success i know that grossed like almost 800 million yeah um this is just box office just at the movies um
1: okay wait it actually it might be overall um it's one of those but it was it, it was surpassed by halloween 2018
0: yeah
1: from what i've from what i've read
0: yeah, this movie it went on a great success. I mean, regardless of like the actual results, I remember it it was in the theaters from like December until May of that year. Um and it inspired many other films after its release. You know, we had so many copycats. That some of them are still good. Like I I love, you know, I know what you did last summer, which was actually written by Kevin Williamson, the the writer of Scream, before he wrote it before Scream. No, yeah. um, did you uh, know that he actually lives at, or lived or is from Newburn?
1: I did, I did, I saw that on his Wikipedia page. Um, at, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Williamson too. Um, he's done a lot of good movies and TV shows, One being Dawson's Creek and um, Dawson's Creek. Yep. Yeah. Um I did pull up Scream's numbers what we were just talking about. It said this and this is Wikipedia. The film received positive re- reviews and was a financial success earning 173 million worldwide, becoming the highest-grossing slasher film until the release of Halloween 2018.
0: Wow. So it's the highest-grossing slasher film until that. Yep. That's pretty that's pretty nuts. What? Wow, that's almost that's over 20 years. Yeah, this movie came out um 96. And, yeah, 24 years. Yeah. It's wild. Yeah. Um, another movie this kind of inspired was like Urban Legend. Do you remember that movie? Yes, not a fan, though. <laughs> I like that movie, which I'm really? biased. Jared Leto's in it. A huge Jared course, Leto guy. Of course. <laughs> yeah, For I those of you interested, you, you guys just need to look up Do or die live 2017 in Canada. I'm on stage. Me, the buff guy wearing the holy guacamole shirt. That's me going crazy. That was like the that was the second coolest day of my life.
1: (laughs) Holy guacamole. I'm assuming the first is marrying your wife, Carly. Yeah, of course. Of course. Carly's awesome.
0: Carly is wonderful. Getting to 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 marry somehow convinced her to marry me. Um, that, that was the greatest day of my life, best day of my life. But second is a distant second is, is getting to, to meet Jared Leto and then get it on stage. That was pretty wild. Yeah, it was, um, that was
1: crazy. That was crazy when you told me.
0: Yeah, it was wild. It was wild. I still have the video on my phone. I look at it from time to time. And I'm just like, you know what? I peaked in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> um, Another movie that's inspired back on track is uh, Halloween H2O, which is funny because this movie pokes fun in a loving way at that movie. Do you ever remember seeing that?
1: Yeah, I've seen that a few times on on TV. Um, wasn't a fan of that one either. And I'm a huge fan of the Halloween um, the Halloween movies, especially the new one that just came out in 2018.
0: See, like, I'm in the minority. I don't like the first Halloween movie that came out in the... What was it, the 70s or 80s? The first Halloween. 1978. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of the Halloween genre. I love the last 20... Or the Halloween franchise. I I love the last uh, 20 minutes of this newer one. Where it's like Home Alone, but Halloween style. (laughs) Um. I love that, but I, I just I'm not, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of those movies. I do kind of like the Rob Zombie the first one. Yeah, that one
1: was okay. It wasn't my favorite, but it was something. It was something fun to watch in 2007 for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. So, getting back on track to Scream, though, when was the first time you saw this movie, and how does it compare to how you feel about it now? Ironically enough,
1: I um, I saw Scream 2 first, and uh, I was very young. Um, we had a, I guess you could say, a boys' night, um, and one of my buddies' fathers was a huge horror movie fan, and um, he he invited us over, and um, we had a um, we had the opportunity to go to Blockbuster and rent movies so we each had to pick one and um, when we got back i saw his sister's collection of movies and one was scream two didn't know what it was um, if anyone's if anyone's familiar with with the scream franchise the the dvd and vhs just um, shows the people in the the people in the uh, movie and on the front cover no ghost face no knife no nothing So, um, his dad let us watch it and I just really loved the movie. I, I connected with it in a weird way on with the characters. And, um, so I actually watched the second one first and it wasn't until a few years later when I watched the first scream on a HBO channel and my dad would not let me watch it. So I went upstairs to my room, scared to death, but I wanted to watch it so bad. So
0: I, uh, I watched Scream a few years later. Yeah, man. Scream... Uh, I have a... It's funny that you say you watched the second one first. Because um, the one I remember the most watching first is Scream 2. I saw Scream 1 first, though. Um, and... It's funny about that is it's kind of a similar experience. You know, the first time I I saw Scream was when I was super young. I was like maybe uh, four or five. I was in that range, which is super young. Um, I watched it at my grandparents' house after she took us all. Like me, my siblings, and I'm the youngest of four. um, So all four of us were there. And my two cousins were staying at a, at my grandparents' house for a week. She took us all to Blockbuster, and she let us rent movies. Well, my oldest sister is seven years older than me, and my cousins are—I think one of them is the same age. The other ones a year older. They rented uh, Scream, and me and my brother and sister, my youngest sister, um, rented—I uh, think it was one, like one of the Mighty Ducks movies. <laughs> and uh, we watched the Mighty Ducks while with my grandfather. While in the other room with my grandmother, um, <clears throat> Scream was being watched by my, my uh, oldest sibling and my two cousins. Well, when my grandparents went to bed, I really wanted to watch Scream, and we all got up and took the the VHS. And rewound it and watched the first scream all together after they went to bed. Um, we watched it in a dark room. I remember being on like the pullout mattress that we all kind of shared, um, and I remember being scared of it, but not the same type of scared that I got while watching The Exorcist a few years later, which I mean petrified me. This was more like. I was scared in the moment, but it didn't really linger on. I didn't have any nightmares or anything like that. It just it, right. it didn't freak me out um but it, again I, I go back to watch this movie often with 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 family and friends. It's just one of those seminal movies, and I was also really into the ghostface costume and the fact that I had one to to often scare my sister on a regular basis it was it was pretty fun
1: for sure. <laughs> I think we had a situation at the beach one one year back when we were younger. Didn't we scare Holly on
0: like a screen prank or something like that? We did. We did. You, you had texted me because uh, I had to work and it was you and Bun, which is another friend of ours, that was uh, hanging out with Holly and my cousin at the beach house. And I was about to get off work, and like, hey man, let's pull a prank on Holly. And I was like, okay, I'm down.
1: Yeah, shout out to Holly too, man. I'm
0: I'm sorry, Holly, if you're listening to this. Dude, listen, don't be sorry. Holly's a trooper. Because here's the thing, Holly can t- can take that our our whole like relationship is built. Holly's my 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 sister. She's my older sister. She's not my oldest sister, but she's my older sister. And our entire relationship is built upon pranks and pranking each other. Holly can can give as good as she takes. And let me tell you, she has pranked me a many a times and has gotten me several times. Oh, yeah. Several times. But Holly can also dish as good as she could take. And she's always been a champ with that sort of stuff, too, man. Like, she doesn't hold a grudge when it comes to, like, those types of pranks she thinks are funny after the fact. Yeah, for sure. Which is always fun, so don't feel bad for Holly <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that that was that was a good prank that we got Hollywood that time Man. It was pretty scary. Um,
1: <laughs> we, we used to do that prank a lot to to um to our friends back like in middle school' Because I had a group of friends who liked screen too and still do still do to this day, and um we always you know. Trade stories back and forth. Remember that time we did that prank on you, and you got scared and called your mom. Blah blah blah. blah so. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's always good to reminisce.
0: Of course, of course. Now, when I watch this movie now, though, I'm I'm kind of floored, honestly, by how original and refreshing this movie was for the, for the time. You know, the okay. the horror genre was really, again, all but gone and dead. By the time of 1996 uh, But this gem Really really Reinvigorated it by poking Fun at their, all the Ridiculous rules and tropes which we'll get Into later of the genre And had You know it, it turned them On their heads while still playing You know homage to those things that Make slasher movies slasher movies You know it, it perfectly blends the horror Genre with comedy making which is a genre i also love and i think you know oddly enough those those two those two genres really often coincide which makes this this movie really a, a classic film that has really stood the test of time definitely
1: definitely i um something that i like about it so much um you know it was during that time like you said you know horror was just done and you know they kind of go over that in the documentary and stuff. And Wes Craven was even kind of, you know, hesitant to take on this role, even though they wanted Wes Craven to, to direct this movie. But something about this movie that I can just relate to so much is the fact that it's funny and awesome to watch, but it puts you in that almost mode. Like this can actually happen in real life if you think about it. Um, And that's why, that's why it still gives me chills in a way but it is still really just a good movie. It's very raw to the bone. It has a, it has a good beginning to, to set the hook, which we'll probably discuss later.
0: Oh yeah. It has it's that body.
1: Sequences yep. ever. Yep. Yep. It has that body that builds to the conclusion and, and just the ending finale, you know, like it gives you what you want. It doesn't leave you hanging. It doesn't leave you questioning it. It like gives you that final piece and, you know, like it delivers it to you and just like, wow. And, you know, back, back then in the nineties, man, I bet, I bet these people were mind blown of how, of like, how they were tricked and how, how this movie twists at the very end. And you realize that, you know, it's not one killer. It's actually two killers. So uh, I just really enjoy watching this movie over and over again, even though I know the outcome is still, I still find little things in the movie that, that still just get me or still give me a good laugh. So, I
0: really enjoy it. Yeah, man i I I adore this movie. I really, really do. Like, it's just so clever. It breaks the rules, and but it also sticks to the rules in certain cases. Like, it's just this is, I think, the perfect horror movie in the sense that this is the one. That I'm gonna go back to to rewatch over and over and over and over again. Yep. It may not be the most effective horror movie for me because the slasher genre doesn't necessarily scare me. It, it it's not designed to scare me, so it, it doesn't freak me out. But there's just something about it that's it's just it's so fun to watch, and it I'm is. I'm so ex- I'm so excited for Scream Five. Like I, I love the sequels. I love I love. Two. I don't necessarily like three as much. I think it's kind of whatever. Four. I really like. Uh, but this fifth one, I'm really excited for. Um, the guys who did um, "Ready or Not," which is a really underappreciated horror film that just came out this past year. It had that scream flare, did it not? Like I know I, I gave you my uh, my digital. Copy
1: yeah, of the movie. yeah. you sent me the plug on this movie and I actually watched it on a Saturday morning drinking my coffee and I remember my wife walking by and i like, what are you watching? And I was like, <laughs> no, it was just a movie that Ben sent me. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed that movie and I watched this after knowing the fact that they're going to be doing Scream 5 or whatever this new screen movie is going to be called. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited to see what these two guys do. To, to honor Wes Craven And his legacy with Scream I think it's going to be a to, to guess and to be a good guess I think it's going to be a really good film And a lot of the actors are even saying That this is going to be a really The people who enjoyed The very original Scream are really going to enjoy this movie So I'm really looking forward to it I'm pretty sure me and you are going to go see it I think we've talked about it
0: Oh absolutely man Even if I have to like fly down I, yeah, we'll, we'll be seeing it together for sure. Absolutely.
1: Heck yeah.
0: Absolutely, man. Like I yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Those directors are really good. If you this is kind of a plug for Ready or Not. If any of you guys have not seen Ready or Not and you love Scream, check out Ready or Not. it, it is it is a fabulous movie. It's really funny. It's rewatchable. It's scary. Uh it's it's really, really good. It's really good. So Moving on to the Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, Scream currently holds a Rotten Tomatoes score of 78%, with the consensus being horror icon Wes Craven's subversive deconstruction of the genre is sly, witty, and surprisingly effective as a slasher film itself, even if it's a little too cheeky for some. Do you find this movie too funny?
1: I do not. I think it has just the right amount of stuff to make you laugh but then as soon as you laugh it pulls you back into that element like oh crap something's about to happen. Um, two people in particular that I enjoy the most in this movie is Stu and Randy. Um, they just make me laugh every time they're in front of the camera.
0: But and wait! I- there's more! <laughs> yeah.
1: That's <laughs> yeah, hilarious. Um, but yeah I think uh, I think this score holds up man Um, 78 I think is really really good if I'd be even I'd I'd be even brave enough to say I'd give it an 80% Um, there is a few hiccups which we'll talk about later I think um, to where it couldn't get almost that 85% area but um to be honest, if any horror movie is above 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, I'm definitely checking it out.
0: Yeah, it's it's worth it's worth watch. Um I I in recent years have found my love for the horror genre again. There was a while there where I didn't like horror movies, but I really love them now. And I just I find a lot of joy in watching them. I really really do. I think they're I think it is a uh, a genre much like comic book movies that doesn't get the love that it really deserves. Not saying that comic book movies it's like all oh, boo hoo, you know, the highest-grossing movie of all time is Avengers Endgame. It's like, yeah, but comic book movies are are really really good. And it's the same thing with horror movies. They're really really good, especially given the right director like um Ari Aster um the director of Hereditary and Midsommar yes, um this guy's guy going to be he's going to make some bangers in the future man i got a feeling he is now i did a rewatch of Midsommar uh recently and i i most of my complaints stay but he I is a great guy I, I love that movie man it's so
1: it's not scary. Know. It's just it locks you in, man. It I'm just it, when I, I watch It's fucked doors, up.
0: That 100%. movie's fucked up. Hundred <laughs> percent. It's it's so messed up. But like without getting too much into it, like I, I just I don't like Mitsumar, but I see why people do. I do. And I I look forward to what he's uh Ariaster brings Continues to bring to the genre Because Hereditary is great You know for me Like speaking of Hereditary Like again going back to that like Effective horror movie versus Like rewatchable horror movie um, The Exorcist And Hereditary Are two of the greatest horror films I think to ever be made I think they are fabulous You know from a directing standpoint From an acting standpoint Those are hard to beat those are two films that are very, very hard to beat. And I'd even put it in there um, as being a really effective horror movie. But in terms of like a rewatchable horror film, I'd probably watch again. I'd watch Scream before I rewatch any of those films. And sure. that's not a knock on those other films. It's just this movie is just so entertaining. It is. I'd probably, if you had to give it a, a, a percentage point, what well, what do you think you'd go with? With scream? Yeah, with scream.
1: I'd go eighty three percent.
0: Yeah, I'd probably go somewhere between the eighty five to ninety percent. Like I just, I really love this movie. It has some issues. Yeah, it does. It's not a perfect movie, but it's it's really good. Yeah, it's really, really good, and I I think this score holds up. I mean, seventy eight percent that's a that's a really high score for a horror movie.
1: It is, and um, I tell you what if if this new Scream movie drops in twenty twenty two and you know, the Rotten Tomatoes score hits before I go watch it, and it says seventy eight percent or higher, I'm I'm going into that movie excited as crap.
0: Yeah, man, like. And speaking of the new screen movie, you know where that's shooting at right now? Good
1: old Wilmington, North Carolina.
0: Yes, sir. And then tax breaks. <laughs> I I I love Wilmington, man. I I love that place. It's beautiful. I hope one day to live there. Um, but they they are shooting that film pretty close to us right now. That's like a drive down the road. Yeah. So pretty cool. But yeah, I'll I'll. If the new screen movie has like a 78 or, you know, 80%, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My expectation is going to be pretty, pretty high. Yeah, say the least. Moving on to some fun facts here, man. So the party scene near the end of the film runs 42 minutes long. It was shot over the course of 21 days from the time the sun set to the time it rose after it wrapped the crew had t-shirts made that read I survived scene 118 which was the name of the scene during filming the cast and crew jokingly called it the longest night in horror history um, what do you think about this cool little factoid Uh
1: I too heard about this in the documentary. Um, it's pretty cool as a, as a viewer and a fan of the scream film to hear this. Um, it just shows you how much time they put into this, this, this finale. That's that, like you said, runs 42 minutes long, but it doesn't feel like 42 minutes. I think you can agree with that. It yeah. feels like it's, it's 15 or 20 minutes. Cause it's so good. Um, as soon as that, um, you know, like that last scene going to Stu's house and them having that party. I'm locked in, man. It's just even even now watching as an adult, I'm still like I'm not even on my phone during the day. <laughs> I'm just so into it. It's just so good. You know, like the scenes and the acting and like the placement and the stuff they're doing. It's just it's pretty awesome, man. But I bet those I bet those actors and People who were on the crew, man. Um, I bet they were, I bet they were burnt out after, after these 21 days of shooting, you know, in the late night and early mornings. And they said it was so cold, dude.
0: Yeah, man. Like they, they had to use, because d- during the filming, you know, there's a lot of blood in this movie. And then they use corn syrup. And to stay in continuity, you can't just take like a shirt and try to do the same stuff with it. So you have to keep continuity. You have to wear the same clothes. And I don't know if any of you guys have tried to put on like a wet t-shirt. And when you're dry, it's a gross feeling. Could you imagine doing that for what was it? It was like, yeah it took over 21 days to shoot. So could you imagine doing that for 21 days?
1: No, they, they would have had to been in the zone, man, and just love into what they were doing.
0: Um, yeah, man, that's... That's wild to me.
1: I bet they'd like that paycheck at the end of the day, though.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, next scene, or next cool fact I got for you guys. The high school scenes were to be shot at Santa Rosa high school in California. However, very close to shooting date, the school board read the script and denied the film to be shot there due to the violent nature as they began to under, or they were under the impression the film was going to be a comedy, which there are really, really funny parts in this movie. And the production was moved to uh, Helzberg. I believe that's how you say that California, as payback, director Wes Craven put in the end credits under the special thanks section: no thanks whatsoever to Santa Rosa uh, City uh, School District Governing Board. Uh, so this brings up an interesting topic. Um, I understand where the, the the school board is coming from. You know, they were not too far removed from a, a death that had recently happened there, a murder that had recently happened there. And they were a little worried about this movie and, you know, the violence portrayed in the movie. But, you know, I can't, I can't fault them for thinking the way that they were thinking. However, I do think that they were wrong. And the reason I think that they were wrong is because movies do not cause violence. I've never thought that. That is a topic that comes up every, you know, couple years. It happened with this movie, um, which we'll go into a little later, uh, the sequels anyway. It happened with, like, Scream 3. Um, It happened with Fight Club. It's happened with Joker. Joker. Like movies do not incite violence; they just don't. Um, it's they just don't. Yeah,
1: something uh, that um, I think even uh even Billy talks about it in this movie. He says movies don't create psychos; movies make psychos more creative.
0: Yes, which was a line that almost got cut from the movie really? from the MP. Yeah, they they were like, oh, we got to cut that line. MPAA were they were not a fan of that. Back in the day.
1: I agree uh, with you though, man. Movies don't cause violence. Um, and I think that, uh, like you said, I could see both sides of it. Um, I could see why the school board had to um, make a decision to um, to tell them they could not shoot there. I work in education. People in the administration probably have parents to answer to. Um, but they definitely missed out on a – from a PR standpoint to say the least um, that notoriety, they definitely miss that to be recognized and to promote their school, I guess. So uh, I can see both sides of it.
0: Yeah, man. I, I, again, I definitely see both sides of it. You know, I, I, you know, my, my wife works in education. She is a professor at Missouri S and T. Um, so it's, yeah, Like I, I, I can see where you wouldn't want, that, especially after you know you're already grieving from a murder that's happened in your community I don't blame them I don't agree with them but I absolutely don't blame them for their for their decision yeah. um, next fact I got for you drew Barrymore and Nev Campbell did not meet Roger Jackson the actor who played the voice of Sc- uh, of uh, Ghostface Before shooting commenced Whenever they were talking on the phone To the killer They were actually talking to him In fact none of the cast met him Craven thought that it would be better To bring out the shock reactions he needed For everyone when they heard That voice uh, I I like this decision You know because I'm not an actor man I, I don't ever plan on being an actor but if i were now we're in a horror movie i wouldn't want to see who the killer or the the person was or hear their voice until shooting began just so my reaction would be you know as real as possible definitely i agree that so that was that was a smart decision by by craven
1: yeah, they actually did this with um, with the new It movie too. They didn't show the kid, the kid actors that played in Chapter One. They didn't they didn't introduce them to Pennywise, Bill Skarsgård, in the in the Pennywise, in the Pennywise outfit until they were actually on set shooting. So they got that raw emotion on film. So um, and they even said in like interviews and stuff that they were actually scared. Because they didn't get a chance to talk to Bill while he was getting ready. So, um, I thought that was pretty cool that, you know, they actually got to see him in full effect in costume while filming so they can get that that first real emotion out of him. So yeah. That's, sure
0: that's really cool, man. I didn't, I didn't know that about uh, it. Now, I know this is off topic, but. Uh, what were your thoughts on it chapter two? Did you like that as much? Cause I know the popular consensus is that most people like it chapter one better, which I mean, makes sense. Cause the first half of the book is better than the second half, but.
1: Um, was, I uh, definitely like it for sure. Um, it's definitely a w- very well-made movie. Um, and I think it, you know, it really honors Stephen King's work on the novel. Um, I thought Bill Skarsgård did an excellent job in chapter one. Um, I think he did a phenomenal job in in chapter two. I think he had some really good scenes. I will say that I am biased towards chapter one in that I think the child actors really connected with Pennywise more than the adult actors did in chapter two. But I think that chapter two had to happen. Um, I think it was a, it was definitely a good cast in my book, um, but there was just something missing. There was there was a connection missing for me regarding the kids. Um, it's like the kids really connected more with Pennywise and did more than the adult actors did
0: yeah well i mean that makes sense seeing a kid seeing kids versus like a murderous clown is a bit more terrifying than seeing adults versus a murderous clown right um yeah i like it chapter two a lot i like how big it is yeah um it's very ambitious it sticks close you know to the to the to the novel as six as, as, as close to the novel as possible um and andy Muschietti is a terrific director. I look yep. forward to what he does with the flash movie yes. um and bring him back batfleck. I'm so excited he's my f- you're he's a one f- man
1: f- man on that one man i'm sorry
0: hey, it's okay look batfleck is the best batman. It's okay to be wrong. <laughs> No, man, man, it's bat flack all day. (laughs) Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. Yeah, we'll we'll move on. Um, These are um, the horror film rules as stated in the movie one, you will not survive if you have sex. Two, you will not survive if you uh, drink or do drugs. Three, you will not survive if you say, I'll be right back. And four, everyone is a suspect. Two additional rules come from the killers. Five, you will not survive if you ask, who's there? And six, you will not survive if you investigate the strange noise. Uh, yeah, every, every movie ha- or every genre has certain rules to it. But the horror genre and their rules are very easy to follow. And I love that this movie kind of calls that out. Because we're thinking it as we're watching it. We're like, okay, if someone says, I'll be right back, or tries to be the hero, they're going to get got. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's it's very easy to tell. Uh, but this movie, again, flips it on its head. Like, Nev Campbell, Sidney Prescott, she has sex in this movie, and she survives. She's a badass. So, what do you think about the the rules in general
1: i think it's good man i think it like i said it sets this movie apart It it makes fun of movies in the past it calls out movies that were actually movies in real life halloween nightmare on elm street friday the 13th um and you know when it gets into the later streams it talks about new movies that the conjuring and stuff like that um i think the rules are right i mean um this is stuff you think about in horror movies and um, you know if there's a hot girl with big boobs or something or <laughs> if, if there's a big jock who um, is a ladies man, you know they're going to get killed in a, in, a, in a horror slasher movie.
0: Yeah, Cabin in the Woods is a perfect example of this. They make fun of this in that movie. I don't know, yeah. Have you seen Cabin in the I Woods? Have. I have. Okay, I shout have. out to Cabin. That's another movie shout out. that That's a great movie. That's one of my my favorite uh horror films to come out of the past ten years i I love that movie um and again, it kind of pokes fun at the genre even if it gets a little too big toward the end um that's that's a perfect example you know Chris Hemsworth plays like the jock type in that movie yeah. and he you know gets the girl, but then you know gets got pretty. Yeah. In a, in shocking fashion, spoilers for that movie. You need to watch it. Yeah, um, I really love this. I love that scene, and we'll get to that later. But I just I, I love the rules that they they set up. Yeah, for sure. And last fun fact we'll get to here before we go to our sponsorship ad. I
1: don't know.
0: Fifteen minutes when Billy seeks in uh, or yeah sneaks into Sydney's room he mentions that he was watching the exorcist which as you guys know this is in my opinion the scariest movie of all time until a couple of years ago linda blair who played reagan has a cameo in this movie as a reporter at around 39 minutes this is pretty crazy to me because like you know that to me that's the scariest movie of all time and i had not wa- or one of the scariest movies of all time and i had not watched it again until you know I had to prep for the 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 podcast that Carly and I did and to prep for this one I already knew this fun fact and I saw her in it and it's pretty cool to see her in it, it, it it's it's really it's really cool to see Reagan all grown up yeah Linda Blair Have you seen the exorcist? I
1: have not seen it all the way through I've seen bits and pieces just where it's been on TV, but as you know, it was edited for TV. Shout out to Skittle Rich. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Never, never seen the, like, I guess you could say the DVD or VHS version um, straight forward. But um, I only knew about Linda Blair because it talks about it in the documentary.
0: No, I only saw the, uh, I've only seen the theatrical cut. I don't really remember which version that i saw when i was around seven don't remember i just remember being as scared as humanly possible behind the the sofa um, while watching that movie you Um, gotta think too man in
1: 1973 horror wasn't really a thing so to see a girl's head spin around and throw up
0: It was a different. It was a different type of horror because you had like the Frankenstein's, you had the Draculas, you had the um werewolves, you had all that stuff. Which is, it's not, you know, to me, it's not scary. I love. I just did a review on Dracula nineteen thirty one. I think that movie's fabulous. I watched just recently with my father the Frankenstein movie that came out the same year. I think that movie's fabulous. But it's a different type of scary compared to The Exorcist, which is like a "oh shit, this movie's actually terrifying." I'm gonna think about it when I go home for the next couple weeks. Heck yeah, it's a it's a different type of scary.
1: Yeah, for sure. I definitely uh, I definitely agree. Um, yeah, this one of those movies that sits with you for a while.
0: Yeah, you're gonna have to check it out. But. Anyway, guys, before we get on to our award section, we're going to take a quick break, let you hear an ad from our sponsor. And we are back. Thank you so much to our sponsor over here at Ben Davis Movie Podcast. We appreciate that so much. But we are moving on to our award section. We're going to start off with favorite moments and scenes. And Dickens, I'm going to throw this over to you. Number one, the entire opening sequence. What were your thoughts on this entire opening sequence? How did it like impact you? It's absolutely
1: amazing. Yes. Um, it's, uh, it's intense. It's funny. Um, it's gory to the max. Um, and you just don't expect Drew Barrymore to die.
0: That's the thing. Like I remember watching this again when I was super young and think knowing like hey, that's the little girl from ET all grown up, you know? And yeah. she's a big star at this point and she and she's on the poster, she's on the cover. It's her face doing this on the yeah. cover, you know, covering up her face. That's her and she gets straight up murdered
1: she like is, she is butchered butcher, yeah, butchered
0: yeah and you see and it he, oh. in the opening and it starts off like the thing about it is it starts off so uh like playful but the longer it goes on the more horrific it becomes
1: yeah that's a huge shout out to roger roger jackson man he just has that like you said that voice he just goes above and beyond, man. It's just Yeah. You hang up on me
0: again and I'll got you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's actually pretty good.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like it's it's crazy how he's able to again, like it 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 knowing what how we know the ending is and who the person is and who we think definitely did the murder the first murder, it's very crazy to think about. Sure. And this scene in particular, I remember like They said they had the most trouble With the, with the MPAA On this, this scene in particular When they show her boyfriend Get gutted And his guts kind of fall out Yeah And then her hanging from the tree Which, how did they have time? Anyway, I, I'll, I'll get into that later Yeah <laughs> Like, when they show her Hanging from the tree, her guts are hanging out Yeah like her intestines and stuff and they speed up the camera so it's going faster than normal pace.
1: Yeah. And you know I know it is a 90s movie, mid 90s movie, but um the one thing I didn't like about this whole scene, the only thing I didn't like was her hanging from the tree. You can definitely tell it's a it's a it's a dummy. Um when the camera finally gets up to that close visual. Um, obviously they didn't, they don't have the, the effects they have today and all the stuff they can do now on a computer. But, um, that's the only part I didn't like about the opening scene was that.
0: Yeah. The, the, I just, there's not really a lot that I don't like about it that like rubs me the wrong way. Like this is one of the more iconic opening scenes ever in, in movies, it's ballsy killing off a big name like Drew Barrymore in the, the the beginning of your movie, killing off your star. It's a big move. It's a bold move. Yeah.
1: Uh, she was supposed to play Sydney too.
0: Mm-hmm. I just love the way that this this movie or this scene is set up, where it's a film lover's dream, like or not dream, but it's like you can tell that whoever wrote this is a fan of of horror. Or a fan of movies in general. The way that there's movie references left and right. You have like the. The. um uh What is it? The the Nightmare on Elm Street reference. Where it's like oh the first one was good. The rest of them sucked. Which is kind of a dig on how. You know Wes Craven feels about Nightmare on Elm Street. One through you know 900. Until he did New Nightmare. How he really feels. About that franchise. And what they did with it. Yeah for sure. Um, the, there's a lot of homages to Halloween, uh, which this movie makes, you know, playful fun of. Uh, just just this, this entire opening sequence is great. Yeah. It's funny, but it's also got some terrifying... As the scene prolongs, it gets terrifying.
1: Yeah, and then that's and then that goes back to the part of reality to me. Mm-hmm. You know, this can happen to any given person on any, any, any given day, I mean it's literally just someone terrorizing you in your own house with the, with the phone. And Mm -hmm. um, so that's the part that really gets me, man, is this can actually happen to anybody. So.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a great sequence. It's one of the best openings ever in movies. For sure. Next scene I have listed here is Sydney's first encounter with Ghostface. Uh, this is funny because, again, she plays and makes fun of, like, oh, you know, some big-breasted, you know, bimbo just runs up the stairs instead of running out of the front door, <laughs> which is kind of, what she does in right. the movie. Right. But I love the way that this scene is constructed because you can tell Sidney Prescott is freaked out. You can tell she's she's, like, Concerned? Is this a joke? Is this Randy? Just having a good time? What is this? Then to realize that it's true, and then to maybe think it's you know Billy when it's it's not, but it might be. You know, yeah. we find out later that it's one of them. Um, but I just really like this because it shows that while she's scared, and again, Sydney comes from she's one of my favorite. You know, spoiler alert for you know some of the other categories we have. She's one of Sydney Prescott's one of my favorite uh, horror icons in the sense that she's tough, she's strong, but she's vulnerable too. You know, she doesn't have all the answers, but she responds in a very realistic way. And I think that's why she's so compelling as a character and why people love the scream franchise it really. Yeah. Goes to show how much Nev Campbell, how how good of an actress Nev Campbell is. I think she's really good. Definitely. Something that
1: got about something that got me with this um, this first encounter was when um, he's talking to her by phone. You you realize that um, Ghostface was involved with with her mother's murder. Um, You know, she was watching you know TV five minutes before talking about you know her mother being on the news and it being almost a one-year anniversary and then you know ghostface is like you know your mother sure didn't want to die so then you kind of realize okay ghostface is linked with cindy's mother's death oh this movie's going to be good mm-hmm. so you know it's just a it's just another hook that sets you um, to that you know, to that conclusion that um, is so iconic but um I think the first encounter with Ghostface is good. There is a little view hiccups, which I think we might discuss later, but oh, yes. overall, it's good.
0: Yeah, I, I really like this first encounter, and yeah, like you said, this is kind of like it has more than just a slasher element to it. It has, you know, the the themes of innocence and youth, and not you know parents hiding secrets from their children and how that can endanger them if they're not honest with them about events that have transpired in their lives and why those events transpired in their lives exactly I really really like those about this about these movies I, I like those themes that they try to tackle yeah next scene I have is Sydney punching Gale in the face we've all had fantasies of punching people in the face or you know we actually have punched people in the face <laughs> Take care. um and this scene in particular is really, really funny to me because Gail is so like, "I'll send you a copy," like you know, total <laughs> news anchor, and she's just like, <laughs> "Bam!" right to the face. It's, <laughs> it's so fu- It's it's just so good. Yeah, I agree. It's so is, good.
1: I think it's even even better that the fact that Courtney Cox was is so beloved on Friends. But she's so hated in the first scream, <laughs> Um, then she gets, you know, a freaking punch right to the jugular. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, 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 I'm gonna agree with you. I love this scene too.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty great because again, like Corny Cox was beloved on Friends. She was an Ace Ventura. Like at this point, she's never really played a role like Gale, where she's just not likable. Yeah. Except by Dewey, Dewey for some reason. In the scenes where she's with Dewey, it makes her likable because her mm-hmm. her guard comes down, yeah, to him, and it's it's very sweet. All right, the next scene I have is a conversation between Sydney and Gale, and this kind of touches on earlier, you know, the self doubt kind of in Sydney where, um. Oh, Liv Schreiber's character's name again. Forgetting it. Cotton Weary. Yeah, Cotton Weary. He's on trial and he's got, you know, the death penalty. um, uh, Because he's being accused of doing the murder to Sydney's mother. Which in reality is not true. He did not murder and right. she is going back and forth. Cause she testified against him is going back and forth on, did I do the right thing? Did I not do the right thing? Did I see what I think I saw? It's, it's those kind of things that make this movie inherently rewatchable is like the mysteries of it all. And the little Easter eggs that are planted throughout the film that you're like, huh, you know, it's it, it, again, it makes it very rewatchable. I like that scene. Cause it adds a depth a depth to Sydney as a character overall that she's not overly confident, nor is she this bumbling idiot that falls in every trap. She's a real person, very relatable, and she's a very strong character. But again, she's kind of naive, which is, you know, any teenager. So it's, I really like it. That self doubt.
1: Yeah, me too that was very good dialogue between Sydney and Gail and just another layer that just keeps building and building and Mm -hmm. building what's going on. How are all these stories tangled up together? And then at the the end, it all answers the questions for you.
0: Yep. Um, what do you think about this? And this is another scene I've listed Sydney overhearing the bathroom conversation. What are your thoughts on this? Um,
1: not something that really sticks out to me that I thought like the whole bathroom scene could have been, um, you taken out. Maybe Rhythm. could have added, yeah. We could have added something more. Um, I didn't understand him being in the bathroom ghost face. How did he get in there? How did he get out?
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll get to that later.
1: How did the, you know, how did the other girls in the bathroom not hear him in there? Um, I don't know. Just kind of that the realistics out of me. Well,
0: the reason I like it and I, th- I think it's because, you know, we get a little bit into the insight of who she is and the perception of who she is, you know, people are making fun of her for her mother dying and her having a tough time with it, which is really messed up
1: yeah
0: and again it adds that extra layer of vulnerability to her that makes us or at least made me as an audience member really engaged with her and rooting for her
1: yeah yeah i could definitely see those that side of it
0: especially because there were you know those people that are just making you know Teasing her, saying, Oh, I bet she made it all up. You know, she just wants to play victim, yada, 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 for yeah. attention and all this other bullshit. You know, yeah, uh, there are some issues with that scene, which we'll get to. Yeah, sure. But I really like it. Um, and next thing I have is the murder of the principal. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one?
1: Um, Although the principal dies, I think it's a funny scene because you know it's it's Harry Winkler, man. I mean, Stephans.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Stefans. Um, Fonz. Fonz, man. You just—I yeah. <laughs> don't know. It just whenever I see that scene, I just kind of laugh a little bit because he seems to be like he's so tough and. Um,
0: yeah, it sets up he, this red herring that he's gonna be the killer because, like, he's like taking these huge-ass scissors to these kids' throats, saying, you're both expelled, both of you. You're yeah. sick. You're demented for wearing these costumes.
1: Yeah. yeah. And He's, and like, then,
0: slashing these scissors at him. You're like,
1: what the fuck? I don't know. F-. If a principal did that in today's world, you know how much trouble he'd get in.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. It's so much trouble. So much trouble. Especially with what he was saying, calling them, like, names and the stuff that he called them. Like, eh, he'd be in some trouble. <laughs> be in some hot water. But his death is kind of funny in the sense that, like, he's trying on the mask and everything.
1: Yeah. yeah that, was get... kind of, that was kind of creepy.
0: Yeah, you're like, oh, what the hell? Something, Only you realize that he's about to get got.
1: Right. Something that's funny to me in that scene that I just, I laugh every time it happens. When he's getting stabbed by the killer, he's saying, ow. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Yeah. Yeah. He's like ow, 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 ow. And I'm just like it's something I wouldn't say. I don't know. This is the way he's saying it, and the look on his face. I don't know. It just makes me laugh every time I see it. It,
0: it reminds me of. Uh, did you ever watch that YouTube video of uh, the the woman making wine? The, the like the news anchor, and then she falls, and she goes owie, 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 owie. I think I have seen that. Yeah, it reminded me of that sort of. <laughs> uh. The next scene I have is everybody's a suspect.
1: Hands down, one of my favorite scenes
0: by far. Love this. Love um, this.
1: Obviously, because it's got you know, two of my favorite characters in it. It's got a good five minute dialogue, um, and if you know who the killers are, and you go back and watch this scene, you can see Billy and Stu looking at each other. It's really cool, and um, you know Randy's kind of standing there, not knowing what's going on. And just like the eye contact that Billy and Stu is making, it's—I mean—it's pretty cool to know. To know the end game and what happens. So, um, but you know, like Randy going, talking about other horror movies, stuff that goes on in other horror movies. It's I, just Such good dialogue.
0: I love the character of Randy. I do, man. He's so awesome. Like, I feel like if I were any movie character, I might be him. One hundred percent. Yeah, like he's just he 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 gets movies, he gets that aspect of him I'd be anyway, but like I just I really like I love that character and his yeah. whole Everybody's a suspect like he's <laughs> so so dramatic and then Stu's just like
1: eh. <laughs> Yeah, be quiet man making a scene.
0: Yeah. Come on now, be quiet.
1: <laughs> See, that'd be me. I'd be still like, come on, bring it back down.
0: Yeah. You're about a ten, bring it back down to about a five. You're in public.
1: <laughs> yeah, hands down one of my one of my favorite scenes.
0: Of course, man. It's great. The murder of Tatum. Now I have issues with this and the probability of this like her actual death happening. But it's it's one of the cooler deaths in the movie. It's one that like for actually sure. stuck with me when I was a kid. Like I didn't want to really good nor- near a garage door after it. Yeah, and I was like, sure. eh, this garage door might kill me. Only to realize that eh, there's not that much power with a garage door. It wouldn't kill you.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this this scene that really gets, it really makes me mad. Um, I wouldn't say mad, just frustrated. Um. Tatum is just very gullible, like like obviously a dude standing at the top of the stairs with a ghost face mask on um, you know that the killer's wearing this. um why are you acting the way you're acting? I would be freaking out if I was her well,
0: I, I think be... most mostly because she's like, I think she doesn't think that it's it's real, or at least she's telling herself that it's not real, yeah I know. And then it becomes real. Right. And she puts up a fight. She like throws the beer bottles and everything. Almost gets away from The thing about Ghostface that makes him really cool. He's very clumsy. He is.
1: is. He's always falling over chairs and running into doors.
0: It makes sense. You know, having a scream mask. I'm going to wear my Ghostface outfit for Halloween this year. Like, it's hard to see in. Yeah, that is true. So if you're running in that thing, it makes sense tripping over shit and, you know, stepping over stuff. But I get he's goofy and yep. it makes sense knowing who's doing the murders and everything, mm-hmm. especially because Stu is kind of a spaz. But like, yeah her her death scene is is pretty iconic the body hanging from the door. how did no stu like we'll get into that and it is does this make sense but it's just it's a really cool death scene
1: do you think it was Stu that killed her I think it was Billy
0: I think it was Billy Yeah, said so do I. yeah i th- I think there's a look that Billy gives Stu yeah when he comes to the party and it's like a look yeah, like, like it's yeah like it's been the, done the deed has been done yeah. Now, Um, moving on to the rules sequence. This is one of the best movie scenes ever. Get another I love beer?
1: It. You want one? <laughs>
0: yeah, I'll be, I'll right, be right back. back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I see, love this, the see, rules. This,
1: this would be me in a in a horror movie. I'd be the guy that's saying, "I'm going to get a beer, Ben. Do you want another one or not?" And then I would make a joke. And then I would make a joke like that. And then you'd find me 10 minutes later. gutted on the floor. (laughs)
0: Dickens, no! You killed Dickens, you bastard! Not him. (laughs) Not him. He's the good one. No, like... (laughs) No, like... I I just... I really... I really love this scene and the explanation of the rules because, again, we've already said what all the rules were in the fun facts, but it's just... They they are so prevalent and they're so real to to the horror genre, even to today, the slasher films. Like if you're a you know someone who smokes weed, or if you're someone that does any type of drug, or if you're someone who has sex, which they've kind of eased up on, you're gonna get got. Yeah, it, it's just one of those things. It's hard to to get a, out of those tropes. So largely, these rules are still followed, but this movie kind of turns them on their head. Like I said, you know, Sydney has sex with Billy in this movie. Uh, she lives at the end. Spoiler alert. So, doesn't get her com- comeuppance. Yeah. Last scene I'll mention is the entire climax.
1: Are we talking uh, about
0: when we find out who the killers are? When we find out who the killers are after after Sydney has sex with Billy and she's, you know, he's like, you know, I'm not the killer, right? You know, Hey babe, I'm not the killer, you know, totally, you know, blowing it up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden goes, face comes in, murders, murders him doing those things with my fingers. And then she goes on the run. There's, you know, Gail gets in a car accident. There's this whole back and forth between, I didn't do it he did it, you know, between the um, yeah. Randy, between and Randy and Stu. We find out Billy is corn syrup. Um, uh, the character, Jamie Kennedy's character gets shot. Uh, Randy gets shot and then we find out like the whole deal what's going down. What is Billy's Motivation behind it—that his his mom or his dad was banging uh, Sydney's mom—and that's kind of what led to him not having his mother around. Um, and yep. wanting that notoriety—it's just—and then there's of course the scene of them stabbing each other with the knives to make them like, you know. Look like they're they the victims, and that the real murderer is Sydney's dad. Like, there's so much that happens, and yeah, so I much that is revealed.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's literally pedal to the metal once all that stuff starts, um, and it's a good, solid twenty minutes, maybe even more, um, of Sydney being chased, finding out who the killers are. You know, her dad's been kidnapped by these guys. She finds out that her boyfriend is the one that raped and butchered her mom, and uh, Stu is his accomplice. Um, it's huge, man. I think it's um I think it what it's what makes this slasher movie one of the best ever. Um, you know it tricks people. Usually, people can really uh, pinpoint who a killer is in a movie um, or. What's gonna happen, and um, and uh, I don't know. I don't. I've never heard anybody say that they figured scream out within the first ten minutes, or the first thirty minutes. Um, so I think it's a huge testament of what this movie really is. Um, I think it's what makes it a seventy-eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Yeah, man, this entire climax is great. You really get the implication that. Billy is the the main brains behind the operation, and Stu is kind of his, like, whipping boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kind of like the Robin to his Batman. Um, that carries out certain things. Like, I definitely think Stu is the one who does the first murder, considering he dated Drew Barrymore's character. I think it
1: was both of them. I think both um, of them had their hands in
0: it. Maybe. But, like... I just, I love the way that this last scene is the entire climax is orchestrated to even them getting their comeuppance with the, oh man, I think you put me too deep, man. Yeah. (laughs) That and Watson's face getting stabbed with the umbrella, Sydney getting chased down and then, you know, the TV falling on Stu and that electrocutes him, which eh, we'll, we'll get into that later yeah um, and of course uh the whole ending you know Billy getting shot in the head and then we see Dewey still alive, which is great because we all love Dewey um, Gail is alive you know it, it's it's a it's a great third act to a movie. I mean that that whole the whole third act the 42 minutes is great, but it's really particularly when it's revealed that Billy is the Biller Billy and Stu are the killers to the end it's nonstop. It's great. Yeah, for sure. Um, out of all these scenes, which one do you think is your favorite?
1: It's a tough one, man. Um, I think the dialogue between Sydney, Billy and Stu in the kitchen and you know Going over why they're doing this, you know, just giving the answers of what makes scream scream. Um, why they killed Sydney's mother? Because as you could see, you know, you know, Stu's reaction to Billy saying this, he's shocked. He didn't know that uh, the Billy was doing this because Sydney's mother was sleeping with Billy's father. He thought Billy was doing this to do it. So you could probably kind of see some doubt in Stu's eyes at that point, like, well, I thought we were doing this for fun. We're actually doing this because of motive. Um, yeah. So um, I, I truly really love you know, the kitchen scene because, you know, you kind of see the characters for who they are. Um, you see Stu as, you know, just a sidekick, an accomplice, just a goofy guy. You see Billy as, you know, the mastermind behind the whole thing. You see his motive. You see Sydney and her v- her vulnerable state. You know, they got her pinned up in in a corner, explained to her that I didn't, you know, I killed your mother a year ago because of this reason. Um, I did all this stuff to, you know, to show you why we did this. Um, It's just, it's just very raw, man. It's it's good dialogue. Like, like I said, Um, so I have to say this scene.
0: Nice. It's a good choice. It's probably the, my second choice, but man, like, As people who listen to this podcast regularly know, I'm a sucker for an opening sequence and for like a title sequence. And the opening sequence to this movie is perfect. It's one of the best opening sequences in any movie ever. It sets you up perfectly for what this movie is and for what this franchise is
1: and it works very very well 100% Uh, it's not only the best opening sequence in the Scream franchise um, it's it's the best opening sequence in any horror movie I've ever seen and I I really hope this new Scream movie coming out has that same kind of um, sensation and that same kind of thriller that that first one brought with that first scene of Drew Barrymore I hope it's someone that's um, that's popular you know, they they could probably even you know, throw in one of the main characters. They, can, you know, they might not they might not kill anyone at all. So uh, um, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see what they do with this new one. But um, I would definitely concur with you on the opening scene as well.
0: Yeah, man, it's a it's a great scene. But moving on to a uh, a less uh, friendly category: worst moments and scenes, and only I have three listed. Um, you can add to whichever ones you want, but I hate, and I, I really do. I hate the whole PG 13 relationship, though. It's so cringy yeah. and gross. For,
1: for God's <laughs> sakes, man, she's wearing a nightgown to sleep in.
0: <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's just like the, we started out hot and heavy. And now, you know, I was watching the Exorcist and like it reminded me of our relationship because we started out like hot and heavy and now we're like PG thirteen ever since your mom died. Like, my god, dude, like give her some space. Like,
1: the, w- the words from a serial killer.
0: Yeah. Her, like her mom was raped and murdered. And it's a, it's it's a you know, she's gonna have some hold-ups, you know. So don't. I don't know. It's just. It's yeah. It's yeah, very cringy. Yeah, for sure. Next thing I have listed here. <laughs> Sydney. Sydney, Sydney, Sydney It's just like him saying Sydney whenever he gets arrested. Like it's it's so funny to me
1: yeah, it is man like who says who screams her name out
0: um,
1: yeah he, he says it in a
0: weird voice Cindy. Cindy! <laughs> it's ridiculous it's it's just like i don't know it's so funny yeah
1: and also cringy in a way too
0: Oh yeah, super cringy. And speaking of cringy, I, all these things have Billy in them that I have listed. The police station sequence, and the reason I have it listed is because Billy in he's in the sheriff's office and he is dead eyeing her the entire time. Like he's turned around in his chair, just looking at her. Like that just screams, "You're a psycho killer." For sure. Not your innocent. For sure. Um, So, like, I'm just like, eh, it's a little weird. And then he keeps wanting to talk to her, like, I'm not the killer, Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And I'll even throw in there, you know, when just the part where, you know, they just they have the killer in Sydney's house, the ghost face automatically leaves and Billy pops through the freaking window. So obviously it was Stu in the other in the costume, and Billy sticks his head in the window like literally like five seconds after it happens. Yeah, like could have been better timing, but in reality that would never happen. No. <laughs> so that scene kind of makes me mad too.
0: Yeah. Uh, for me, I I think it's so it's so small, so I can't say. Billy saying Sydney, even though that's like really funny. <laughs> it's it's funny in a bad way. Um yeah. I, I think it's the whole PG thirteen relationship that, man. I just I, I hate that sequence. Yeah, for sure. So so cheesy.
1: Yeah. I love how they make fun of them when you know the scary movie stuff though. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it's great. Like, look, I know those movies get get, you know. Hate But Scary Movie 1 and 2 Are both really really funny
1: They are they play Dawson's Creek theme song While he's making out with her Yeah It's, it's literally gold
0: <laughs> It's Yeah It's really Really funny Um Yeah What's your least favorite scene Are you in agreement with me On the PG-13 bit or are you Uh
1: yeah, yeah Um I understand why they did it Um you know, it's, it's the scene right off the whole Drew Barrymore getting absolutely butchered. Um, so they were probably trying to know relax the audience a little bit. Um, but it's a, it's a nineties movie. Um, I get it. That's stuff probably wouldn't, you know, happen in a screen today. But, uh, I think anything with Billy in it, um, He's kind of cringy sometimes.
0: Yeah, it can be. So. It can be. Um so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. Moving on to best performance. Um I'm gonna go with Matthew Lillard. One hundred percent man. Yeah. I know he, he famously hates his performance in this. He, movie.
1: Does. he does. He talks about it in the documentary <laughs> how he's spitting everywhere and um you know, he does that add- Adelaide, like, like a
0: uh, complete goofball. <laughs> Stuff yeah. like that all the time. And he's just yeah, like man. acting all like over the top and like totally like a nineties skater boy kind of thing. Yeah, you
1: better live her alone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Liver <her> alone. <laughs> and they're all like,
1: What? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, yeah, he's he's by four man, the most spontaneous, hilarious performer in this movie. Yeah, and it's even better that he's the killer.
0: You cut me too deep, man.
1: My favorite, two of my favorite lines for him is, you know, obviously I'm getting another beer. You want one? And then after he starts kind of bleeding out from being stabbed, Billy throws the phone back at him, and he's like, "You hit me with the phone, dick!" <laughs> <laughs> like, it's the like it's just like it's just a scene that like like a normal guy would say.
0: Did you really call the cops? I did. My parents are going to kill me.
1: Absolutely, dude. I was, <laughs> I was wheezing when I heard that, man. They're My mom and dad mad. are going to be so mad at me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, his parents are going to
1: show up and there's going to be freaking bodies everywhere. There's murder.
0: If <laughs> People are murdered and your son did it. They're going to be yeah. more than mad at you. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I know he famously hates this uh, performance, but if Matthew Lillard were here today, I would tell him, man, please don't hate your performance because I think it's absolutely phenomenal, and I think you are you are great in this movie. So I I would totally give him the the best performance award, and uh, I think you're in agreement with me. So yeah, yeah,
1: one hundred percent, man. He 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 hits a home run with this movie. And he's he said he's not he's trying to come back for the for the new screen man. He's trying to find a way well, to bring him back. So
0: I remember he was uh supposed to come back for number three. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. He got so. paid to to do it. He didn't do it, he got paid to do it. So We'll see if he's in Scream Five. That would be pretty cool if he came back for Scream Five. He, I was expecting him to come back for Four and to be the murderer. He wasn't, but uh, yeah, I, I, I. That would be great if he came back for Five.
1: Yeah, I definitely would have enjoyed if he was. You know, if if uh, Kevin Williamson had written Scream Three and Matthew Lillard was the was the killer as as expected when it. When was first uh, first thing? Um, I don't see him coming back for screen five. Though. It would be cool, but I don't see it happening.
0: That would be really, really cool. But moving on to a category where I have eight things to talk. We have eight things to talk about here, man. Eight. Yeah. Does this make sense? All right, we're going to start off with this because I think it's my biggest gripe. Why not just hang up and go hide in your room when Ghostface calls? Just ignore the calls. He can't torment you. He can't be on the phone with you. The thing that he's going to do is he's going to go after you. You know he's going to go after you, so lock your door. You know he's coming. Call 911. You don't have to answer the phone when he calls. Like, it's just – it's very simple. Yeah. Like – to, to get away from Ghostface seems very very easy I feel like
1: yeah at the, I mean at the end of the day if he wants you dead you're probably gonna get got the you've seen a few deaths um in the, the Scream franchise or people who've never got phone calls one being the principal mm-hmm. one being Casey Becker's boyfriend. Um, so, yeah, but I could see that, though. Why not just, hey, hey, hey man, screw you. I'm hanging out the phone, and I, I'm not answering it again.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> well, you can't have your fun. Bye. hang up, yeah. go to your room, go to somewhere secure in your room where there's no windows. He can't come in the window. The only way you can get in is from your door. You know he's coming in that way. Have yourself, like, a defense weapon or something. Have yourself a <laughs> weapon, baseball bat, whatever, right. like, and just nail him. Right. He ain't going to be able to do too much to you. Um, number two I have listed here. When Casey sees uh her parents coming home, why not just stay put until they get there and go inside? Because she's right by the corner of her house. There's like a tree right next door to her. She can see in the window. She can just stay in that little corner And Ghostface, whether it's Stu or Billy at this point, would not see her. Wouldn't be able to get her. So she could be right there. Her parents would go in the house. Ghostface would see them. It's two against one. I don't know how well Ghostface would do in that scenario. Yeah, Yeah, I I just... Like, why not just stay put?
1: Yeah. Um, Or another thing, yeah, when she goes outside... You know, Ghostface is inside looking for. Why not run? Um, you know, you can you, you can easily get a good half mile on him if you start running now while he's yeah. inside looking for you. So, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Just take off, especially if you see the car right there. All right, take off toward the car. Yeah. You know. Um, which I think he jumps through the window at that point, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next scene I have is... Why does Sydney run up the stairs after she just talks shit about people running up the stairs in horror movies?
1: I th- Honestly, man, I really think they did this for a laugh. Yeah. <laughs> I think Wes Craven put this in here just for that reason because, she, like you said, she just had said on the phone with Ghostface that it's insulting when girls in horror movies to run up the stairs when they can be running up the front door. And then, and then she does it. So uh, I think that's just a funny scene to me. I don't think they did it by by accident. So uh,
0: yeah, it was definitely on purpose. Yeah, it's it's funny. She's just talking shit about some big breasted person. Just runs up the stairs, and they should be running outside, you know. And then she does the exact same thing. Yeah, goes up the stairs, which it works for her benefit. She locks herself in her room. Yeah. Does exactly what I talked about locking herself in her room, getting and away.
1: And that's another thing, you know, if you put enough force on that door, that the hinges would break. Because yeah, they really... would.
0: But that's someone like you know our size knocking. Stu and the Billy are they're skinny. Yeah. I don't know if they're if they are knocking down those doors.
1: Yeah, you're probably right.
0: So I, I don't know, but. Yeah, someone like our size could definitely just eh, bust through that door yeah. after after a couple tries. Um, next thing I have listed is who and how is Ghostface walking around in the daylight without anyone noticing, um, in particular the situations out the, at the store where you see a reflection of him in the... The uh, um,
1: little freezer area.
0: The freezer area department and then you see him in the like wooded natural area at Tatum's house just stroaming like roaming around like wouldn't someone like notice like granted everyone's alert now at the fact that he is wearing that costume the murderer is wearing that costume yeah um they're they're aware of that fact but if you saw someone wearing that costume I'm pretty sure you would like run or you would like alert somebody about it. So they wouldn't just be walking around that store. No, I don't, I don't think someone would let them in.
1: Right. Yeah. That was a, that was a big thing for me. Um, and you know, they kind of went away with that after the first one. Um, you didn't see, you didn't see Ghostface just walking around in public. Um, but he did do it in the first one a lot. Like you said, um, in the freaking grocery store. Like how did no one, even if he didn't walk with the, walk in with the, with the costume on, he had to put it on in there somewhere. Someone had to see him or like it had to be on a camera somewhere. So
0: walks in the bathroom, puts it on then comes out. (laughs) Yeah. Had to be videotape of that somewhere.
1: All right. Yeah. Just that, just those corny little scenes where he's, Where obviously he's out in public where he
0: shouldn't be. It's cool and all. But how the hell did the garage door murder Tatum? Let's go over that. Like, it wouldn't be as vicious or as gnarly. Yeah. like Those things do not pull that hard. Like, I used to have a garage door at my parents' house when I was a kid. And I could hang on that thing while it pulled me up. But once I got to, like, 115 pounds, the thing would stop about halfway and then start going back down. Yeah. Now, Gowan um, McGowan, is, she's tiny in this sequence. So, it yeah. could probably lift her. But I don't think there's a world in which a garage door smushes her head as violently as it does in this movie. Yeah. Like, as soon as there's some pushback and resistance, which it's already getting from lifting someone, it starts going back down. So, like, I don't know what kind of pulley system that they have in that garage door.
1: Yeah.
0: But it ain't doing that.
1: Right. Um... Yeah, I agree, man. Very cool scene to die to. Something that's different, but as you saw, there was no blood. Um, it was basically just her head got smushed. It might have broken her neck or something, but uh, that garage door definitely would have fell down in real life.
0: Oh yeah, When it fell down. It, no, like it wouldn't have. It would not have done what it did in the movie. It's a cool death, but I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Pr- I don't. I don't see that happening in real life. Yeah. Wouldn't the corn syrup give it away to the police? Billy, you know, famously says he wipes his shirt, licks his fingers, and goes, "It's corn syrup, just like they used in curry." Like, wouldn't that, uh, wouldn't that give it away to the police? To them, yeah. if they got, let's say, they got away with what they were attempting to do the police would notice that, okay, there's really no stab wounds on you except the one, and it's down here to your side. Why do you have blood up here? Right.
1: Um, that was something that I had never really thought about until recently when um, when I knew I was going to be doing this podcast with you and started doing some research. I thought about what if Stu and Billy actually got away with it? How were they going to talk to the police? What would they have said? Obviously, Stu could have, could have gotten away with it. Um, he had hella wounds from Billy. When Billy yeah. stabbed him. Um, he was definitely bloodied up by his own blood. But I don't know what what Billy's you know, like statement was gonna be to the police with one little stab wound on his on his side area. Yeah. And how That's is he gonna explain thing. all the stuff up here where he supposedly got stabbed?
0: That's another thing too, like why the hell does Stu get stabbed and cut cut up so many times but Billy's just like one one wound.
1: Yeah. Um something that I thought about was uh it was probably Billy's intention to kill Stu anyway after he killed Sydney and uh Neil. Um he might have just killed Stu and been the sole survivor. It was never mentioned in the movie, but um as much as as much as he stabbed Stu and um I think he might have finished the job.
0: Yeah. Now that you say that, that makes more sense. Needed his help and then got rid of him pretty, yeah. Pretty that's quickly. right.
1: And he probably stabbed him a bunch, so like Stu couldn't fight back as much. So,
0: yeah. Because th- honestly, I think, I mean, in terms of size, I think Matthew Lillard might would probably have beaten Billy in a fight.
1: Yeah, Billy was small man.
0: Billy tiny. Stu had had the height advantage on him for sure. Yeah. Might not have been a psycho, though. Billy was straight up crazy. Yeah. And the last thing I have listed here, how would the TV crush do and electrify him? Like, I've had a TV fall before, and in in, in no way has it, like, in, in no way has it, like, done that. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Um, and yeah that was I mean to be frank you know that was going to be the setup for you know Scream 3 um, mm-hmm. so they probably set it up that way on purpose you know he probably really couldn't die from a TV falling on his head he he definitely has some damage because oh, yeah. that, that was a big TV
0: yeah
1: um, but I don't see it crushing his head like they like they said it would
0: yeah he puts his hand up it's like ah like, you can't probably yeah. catch the, the damn right. TV. And why not just move? <laughs> yeah. Why not just roll? Just yeah. do a roll to the side. Like, yeah. mm, it sounds like a really stupid way to go. And yeah. I just noticed I skipped over one. Um, yeah. Forgot I had it listed. Um, how did Ghostface manage to go to the bathroom... In the scene we we're talking about earlier without any, anyone noticing and how did he get away without anyone seeing because someone would have to notice a guy going into the girl's bathroom. Right. Um, and then especially when like he he see his feet come down, he's wearing the boots and then the uh, the drape goes over him, the ghost face uh, attire and then he comes out of the bathroom. Now, is those the kids pranking uh, Sydney?
1: You know, the, uh, I think they talk about this some in the documentary, or I, I saw it on some on some video. There was a lot of rumors going around that um, either it was a prank by somebody, because you didn't see a knife in his hand, no, or it was something that Sydney just imagined in her head because he didn't follow her out. He just kind of did the, he put his hands up like he was scaring her. Um, so there was a lot of rumors. I don't know if that's something that Wes Craven just threw in there for people to think about. Um, but I think, I, I don't know that scene, like I said earlier, I just didn't enjoy that scene. I, I feel like it could have been taken out, um, but I do see your point on on it where you know, it kind of shows Cindy can be very vulnerable. You know, she's getting picked on by her classmates. Um, she's being accused of lying about, you know, being attacked because of her mother and stuff, mm-hmm. and I wanted to get a spotlight attention. But um, I thought it was pretty cool to hear about those rumors, um, how it, because um, I always wondered that. And you know, when I first started watching Scream and, um, and picking up on stuff you always see Ghostface with a knife. He didn't have a knife in the bathroom. It was just him with his hands up in the air trying to scare her. Um, So it could have been a prank.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking it might have been a prank because Billy is at school. She just finished talking to him, so he's clearly not the person in the bathroom. And it could have been Stu, but Stu would have probably been in class. Yeah. So I'm thinking it might have been the, the the students that we see in the principal's office, which yeah. we already had seen in the movie itself. Regardless, right? So, yeah. Out of all these, though, which one makes is the the, the most egregious to you?
1: Just like over the top.
0: Yeah, the most one where you're just like, "What oh, doesn't you know? This doesn't really make sense to me."
1: From a, from a personal view, I'm going to say uh, Casey, uh, why not just run when you get outside? You know, if someone's chasing me after a knife, if someone's chasing me with a knife, I'm going to run pretty damn fast. Um, so like, if you catch me, then I probably deserve to die. <laughs> um, I don't care if I'm running through the woods in an open field down my driveway. Um, she had a chance to run and she didn't do it. So from a personal view, I'm going to say she screwed up and it doesn't make sense to me why she did that. From, from a general audience point of view, um, especially now I'm going to go with, uh, you know, why is Ghostface just walking around in the daylight? Um, that, yeah. that really bothers me even when I watch it to this day. It's just something I just can't understand. I can understand some of them. I can understand, you know, the TV crushing stew, the corn syrup. You know, it kind of plays into the – using a reference from another movie. But Ghostface walking around in the broad daylight, come on, man. (laughs) Come on now.
0: (laughs) For me, it's – why not it's number one the first thing i listened well i not just hang up and go in and hide in your room and Ghostface face calls just hang up you don't have to deal with his nonsense you can just hang up go to your room if he really wants to find you he'll go to your room and there's only one entrance you know usually if you don't have any windows there's one entrance you know where he's yeah. coming from yeah and so you already have the advantage yeah it's um, going to make Scream
1: scream there, man, is the phone calls. The, I, I the ringing.
0: I know, man. Hello, know.
1: Hello Sydney.
0: <laughs> Hello, Sydney. What's your favorite scary movie? Um, Yeah, I, I think number one for me, but also on like a practical level. I cannot understand how Stu would not roll out of the way of the TV Catch the TV, or the TV would just hit him, and he would probably be okay. I, I, like, I, I don't, I don't know how that. She would have to throw that thing down hard yeah. for it break. Yeah. So, I, I don't really
1: make you, to me. Do you do you agree though that they set that up in a way though that he could Sue come back? Was, yeah.
0: yeah. I do, I do, and I, I, I hope fingers crossed that he comes back in five hope shaggy comes back in five i really really do i don't think
1: me and you have talked much about you know like the 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 stuff going on with the new scream but i you know there's rumors that skeet and matthew are going to be back on set but it's going to be flashbacks there's even talk said the opening scene is going to be the scene with um billy stew and Marine Prescott being the opening kill and them showing how it actually happened. And um, I think that'd be pretty cool. What do you think about that?
0: That would be cool. I, I mean, those actors are clearly older now, so I don't know how they would do that. The aging technology, but yeah. that seems like a very expensive thing to do for a look like a lower budget movie. Yeah. Um oh, it really it'd really tie it together. I know this is the first one that they're not obviously, you know, unfortunately Wes Craven passed away a few years ago, so this is the first one without him. Yeah. So
1: I think some flashbacks would definitely be cool
0: It would similar. be. Um yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to screen five. Had had I known when I uh when I got to, to where I live now. That uh, they were shooting Scream 5, I would have totally been an extra. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, moving on to our award, our final award MVP of the movie. Who do you think is the most valuable player? Um,
1: I mean, you got to go with Sydney, honestly. Yeah, man. Um, like,
0: She's great. Nev Campbell's great. I like in terms of like horror film icons. There's always the hero icons, you know. You, in the Evil Dead franchise, you have Ash, and then in the Halloween franchise, you have Laurie Schrode. and then and um, you don't necessarily have a standout on Friday the Thirteenth, um, but in Nightmare on Elm Street. You have uh, God, what's the main character's name and Not My Own Elm Street?
1: I couldn't tell you.
0: Um, but you have her, and she's great. Uh, but to me, the best, um, the the best heroine or the best hero in any horror film or any in, in any horror film in general, I think, is Sidney Prescott, because there be- is. There is a vulnerability to her that makes her relatable, but there's also this strength to her that makes her a badass. She's not someone who gets away unscathed. She's not someone who makes, you know, doesn't make mistakes. She makes mistakes. But she's, again she handles these situations where she's not reliant on anyone to handle them for her, nor is she screaming the entire time and is useless. No, like she beats up on Ghostface quite often and handles her own. in
1: yeah.
0: Meaning situations. So, so I, I love the character of Sydney Prescott. I, I love Nev Campbell's performance of her. I, I think she is. I think, you know, it's, it's been said several times that, uh, um, Lori Strode is the uh, is the uh, the scream queen, but nah, no, no. it's no. It, it is Sydney Prescott all the way,
1: yeah. Neb Campbell does such a good job of making the audience cheer for Sydney in a way that is relatable. Um, she has a sense of reality towards her, you know. I feel like she would act the same way, you know, any other. Any other girl would act um, in her situation, um, especially all that she's gone through, and I feel like Wes Craven did a good job of portraying her as a um, as someone you can't cheer for, um, and I just can't see anybody else playing Sydney besides Dev Campbell.
0: Yeah,
1: she just does a fantastic job with this character, um, so yeah. And we go City as the MVP.
0: Absolutely, man. Nev Campbell. Alright. At the end of the day, Dickens, why would you recommend this movie? Um
1: If you're a fan of horror in general, man, this is definitely a bus watch. If you're not a fan of horror, um it's just a good thriller, man. It's a good storyline. Um, it doesn't leave you. Saying like, "Oh, that was a crappy ending." No, the ending is really good. Um, you know the mask that you're wearing right now—you just put on. Um, it's <laughs> it, it's very telling. You know, it's very it's very creepy. Anyway, in a way, excuse me. Um, it's it's just an all-around good movie. Man. The cast is phenomenal. The storyline is so good. It tricks you. It makes you laugh. It makes you kind of. Get goosebumps. It makes you kind of cringe a little bit, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, it's just an all around good, solid movie in the mid 90s. Um, and even Scream 2, man, I recommend that one. Um, not a huge fan of uh, 3 and 4. 4 is okay. Um, but Scream 3 was kind of a bust. But, you know, Kevin Williamson didn't write that one. I felt like if he had written, had written it, it would have been very well and i'm very excited that he is on board with the new one as well so um just an all-around good movie man
0: Um, yeah man i i think this is obviously a must for any fan of the horror genre if you haven't seen it but people outside of the horror genre this is just a really entertaining movie it's funny it's scary it plays on your emotions it's a thinking man's horror film in the sense that if you haven't seen it if you're if you're not excuse me, if you're not familiar with any of the plot or what happens in this movie, it's going to keep you guessing because there's so many red herrings to who is Ghostface in this movie. At one point, you're thinking, okay, maybe it's Dewey, which is ridiculous in hindsight. But like this movie, it makes you trip. It does. It makes you trip. It makes you, you know, try to guess who is the killer, and it's so even to today's standards, so damn refreshing. It, it just, it just is. And it's, it's a very well crafted, acted and written fi- a film. It's just so witty and, yeah. and clever. Yeah. So that, that is why you and I will both recommend this movie, but that is it for this week's show, man. Uh, Dickens, thank you so much for hopping on. I know you have been super excited to, to to do this and i have i have been too
1: yes sir man it's been a pleasure to to uh chat with you about uh with about a great movie entitled scream uh definitely uh encourage you guys you listeners out there to check it out and uh like i said Ben, it was a pleasure man
0: of course thank you for coming on and we'll be sure to uh if i ever talk about the sequels or if i ever uh do a spoiler review maybe in the future for uh scream five, then you'll be my go-to guy.
1: Hey, yeah, man. Looking forward to it.
0: Of course. Of course. Um, we'll be back next week with what I think is now the movie of all time, hereditary. Um, like I said before, I'll be joined by a good friend of mine and, you know, a fellow content creator herself, Carrie McBride. Um, We've already recorded it, and it's in the can. Uh, I'm I am excited to share this episode with you. It's 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 very exciting. Um, and this movie freaked me out. <laughs> it still freaks me out. Like I, I I watched it to prepare for it, and I'm still thinking about it. It's one of those movies. It just is there's some bad juju with that movie, man? There really is. Um, but until then, guys, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you can stay up to date with all my latest content. And while you're at it, go ahead and give me a follow over on Instagram at Ben Davis Movie Podcast, where I post reviews for movie uh, of different movies from time to time. And be on the lookout for The Shining. Um, that that one got written in to do a to to do a review for. This month, so I'm excited for you guys to hear my thoughts on what I think is one of the greatest horror films ever made. But, anyways, guys, till next time, stay classy.